Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. with Anthony Sanfilippo and I think that uh, a special occasion would take us it would take a special occasion to get us to sit down and carve out 45 to 60 minutes to record a new episode and uh, listen I I actually do want to put out a little bit of an explainer at least from my from my viewpoint now Anthony you're going to owe the the audience an explanation and apology as well but for for my part I do want to let people know that have been emailing me and shooting me Twitter DMs about, yo, where the hell's the show been? Um, yes, I and so does Anthony, but we, we both cover uh, sports for the website. Anthony, primarily the Flyers, picking up some Philly stuff lately. And yes, I cover the Phillies, but uh, also Crossing Broad is owned by a parent company. And uh, my day-to-day operations are very much tied into the financial side of the company and generating revenue and the month of September coincides obviously with the start of football season, the return of the NFL. And I have been more or less working approximately 80 to 90 hour weeks for the last four weeks and something had to give. So it was either my marriage um, crossed up or the primary job that I do. And uh, I chose crossed up. It's just been a thing where we've not been able to kind of get on the same page. Time's been very short. So that for my part is why we have not recorded the show. It is primarily my, my fault that we haven't been able to carve out time to do this, but I did want to acknowledge, I want to acknowledge why we have not recorded. And that's fine. And I appreciate that, Bob. And I'll say this, and this is where I'll take a, a bit of a mea culpa. Um, while I've also been busy, I don't want to. I don't want to make it seem like I'm just sitting here twiddling my thumbs. Um, I probably, certainly, could have uh, been more proactive in in trying to make sure we we got this thing out more regularly um, and didn't. Um, and even and even by that saying that you know, okay, you're not available. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that I couldn't have put one out alone or, or got a guest to fill in or, or something like that. So uh, I'll take, I'll, I'll take the, the blame on that end of things. Um, just kind of, I, I knew you were busy. I knew that like trying to get a hold of you is, is like trying to grab a greased pig, man. I mean, I've, you I've can't, turned into Kyle. I've turned into Kyle Scott. Basically. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, uh, at least you answer a text message though, every once in a while. Yeah. Unlike take, Kyle, it but, takes me some time. I'll always respond, yeah. but it takes some yeah. time. So yeah, you know, and it's it's not to be like, hey guys, we're busy. Sorry, but you know, listen, we we obviously value uh, the listeners, and we have a, a pretty uh, pretty loyal listener base, and the numbers have really grown uh, over the last couple months. And you know, to to halt the momentum of that was was tough in September, especially as the team was was going through some some turbulence for sure. And so I just want to acknowledge, uh, you know, hey, listen, like this is why it happened. 
Um, and, and just give people a heads up what's going on. It wasn't like a, Hey, I just don't feel like doing it. Um, there was some rationale behind it. So anyway, sure. that's, that's three minutes of wasted time here off the top. We have a lot to talk about with this team and Anthony, I tweeted out this morning. It has been 4,014 days since the Phillies last played a postseason game. Everybody remembers it quite well. Game five of the NLDS St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, and I mean, obviously so much has changed since then. And it looked like for a lot of the last week, uh, whether it was in Chicago or the first half of the doubleheader on Saturday, uh, that the Phillies might falter down the stretch here and let this happen again. They've obviously since stabilized won the last two games against the nationals and Milwaukee just had an unbelievably brutal series at home against the Marlins. Not just that they lost three out of four, but the way they lost. They lost late in dramatic fashion again and again. And all of this brings us to the Phillies being on the doorstep of the postseason. Magic number is one. There's so much we could talk about. We could go back and reverse and, and work through this thing. But I guess let's just start with how you feeling right now. Uh, I've been... Probably the most consistently level person about this whole thing, even when they've been struggling in September. And look, I, I was not happy with some of the losses that they had along the way, right? Uh, I, you know, I've been the one who's who stuck my neck out there and and talked about how great Noel was pitching, and then he had then he got blown up in a game, and then I had to defend it. All right, he came back and pitched really well, and then had another game where he even he pitched well, but had a bad pitch against. Uh, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ronald Acuna against the Braves and, you know, ends up costing the game, you know, and, you know, it's a game that you'd like him to pitch a little bit better. Of course, it's not his fault that they lost. They only scored one run. <laughs> the offense was a problem. Nevertheless, <laughs> excuse me. Sorry about that. Uh, nevertheless, the, um, you know, it's, it's something that, you, you know, you had to be concerned. The, the Cubs series was as bad as it gets. I mean, really, that, that really looked like a choke job. I really like a team that was that was like couldn't figure it out. Um, but to their credit, Bob, they hung in. And I know everybody's gonna say, well, it was a September swoon, they lost five. Yes, they did. Last 27 games are 14 and 13. It's not not great, but it's not collapsing either it's not uh, so it's it's interesting if you go back to that Cubs series I think that that's probably our, our natural yeah. pickup point here I think you know everything else that's happened up until that Cubs series is kind of so far gone that it's not really worth rehashing at this point right but you get to the Cubs series and listen Chicago's played better baseball plus 500 team in the second half of the year yeah, they, they've got some young talent that's come up and kind of given that team a little bit of a bump here. And, and you know, they're playing with some pride. And, and so you concede that to an extent. Obviously, no excuse for the Phillies to get swept in the fashion that they did. But I will say, looking at that series, you could kind of feel like guys were gripping the bat a little too hard, being a little too fine. The weight of the moment starting to sort of compound a little bit. And I think you felt that. I think that there was definitely an acknowledgement in that clubhouse of like, oh, Oh shit. You know, here we go again. Um, now they get the perfect elixir over the weekend in the nationals. I'll tell you though, as I watch the Chicago series at no point, at no point in September or even in the first few days of October here, have I said to myself, like this team's not going to make the playoffs. I felt all along that they would get in, but I did tweet after the first game on Saturday, like this is absolutely embarrassing. And if you want to talk about the makeup of this clubhouse, 
the DNA, you know, is there some just loser quality about the core members of this team? I've always thought that maybe that's a little bit unfair. I mean, full discretion, like I've gone at Reese Hoskins. I've gone at Aaron Nola just for like the, you're a good player and the numbers bear out that you're above average players, but like you got to own these big time moments a little bit more. And I think that this would have been a situation had they not rebounded in Washington where you could finally really say like, listen, good players are not good guys are not. They just don't have it. And to their credit, they stabilized and they beat up on a really, really just a horrible Washington team and did what they had to do when it looked like it might get away from them. So yeah, for that, I, I will give them credit. Yeah, well, here's the thing. And, and, and you know, I, I know a lot of people want to look at Hoskins and Nola, and that's because they're the ones who've been here the longest, right? And if you go back to 2018, the only three players still left on the team from 2018, which is not that long ago, okay, are Hoskins, Nola, and Sir Anthony Dominguez. And Dominguez missed – a lot of time in between too, right? Okay, so so you really can't say that he's part of that core. Um, so it's really just it's really just those two guys. I, I know Harper and Real Muto and Segura come in 2019, right? The core for me really begins in 2019 because right. of those additions and because and one thing that I'll get to here with this, and I, I'll, I'll let you go, but like this, the 2018 Phillies weren't good. You know, no. they overachieved for so long and then faded to their natural their natural position of where they should have been. 2019, though, is like the line of demarcation yes. where, yo, yeah. it was time to win. Yeah, I agree. I agree. 2019 was that. And um, so when I look at the core, I, I look at it and say this is, you know, they brought in players that were supposed to be a lot better than Nola and, and, and Hoskins, right? So those guys, Nola and Hoskins to me became supportive support pieces, good support pieces. And yet they still continue to be the whipping boys for this team. When in fact, I think you got to look elsewhere and wonder what's going on, you know, and, and why those other players weren't coming through when you needed them to, um, I mean, look, Schwarber had a great series against Washington. But where was Kyle Schwarber in the Chicago series and yeah, even leading most, up to that? Yeah, he was, he was absolutely He was terrible. Yeah. You know, where was Harper? Is Harper is – is he still banged up? Is it still bad? You know? But then he started to hit a little bit. Started to get a couple singles. You know, then he had the home run and whatever. And so so maybe he's starting to turn it a little on, on a little bit now. Um, can't blame Castellanos because he was hurt. And he comes back and he, you know, he had five hits against the Cubs. Um, so, I mean, I can't really knock him. But then Alec Bohm, who was on fire going into that series, disappeared. Real Muto, who was on fire going into that series, didn't hit. Uh, Bryson Stott, who everybody's like, oh, there we go. Yeah. I, I know. First Listen, of the future, suddenly couldn't hit. That's, you know? that's one guy that I, I want to talk about in a little bit more detail later on. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, it does. It comes back to a collection of guys, multiple players failing in, in key spots. And I think the thing that was most frustrating about the Cubs series, uh, I, you know, this isn't exactly news, I suppose. But, I mean, I think that what was most frustrating about that Cubs series is just that it wasn't as if they were totally quieted. They were knocking on the door almost, it felt like, every inning. Runners in scoring position, runners yeah. on third, less than two outs. And just the inability. And I think that that's why it felt like such a choke, right? It wasn't just like, yeah. wow, they faced three really good pitchers and they just ran into a buzzsaw and, you know, it's baseball and it happened at a bad time. It was like, 
you you're not you're not getting blown you're not getting blown away you're not getting your doors blown off like these guys are on base like move them around do what you got to do and they just weren't doing the little things that that should be easy for a team like this yeah no i i agree and it was it was you know that series definitely aided me a little bit more than anything else because it was a series where you know this is a time of year where you start to see every team's flaws right and like we can look around the league and we can look at you can look at the dodgers and say well, what's wrong with their bullpen They've won 110 games, and I'm not convinced that they're going back to the World Series because I don't think that they have a reliable bullpen, you know. And, and you can look at them, and you look at the Mets, and you say, "Well, see, the, the Mets are starting to met a little bit, right? right?" And why are they metting? Because the same things that we kind of thought were going to be their weaknesses all year are finally catching up to them, right? right? And, and and the Phillies' warts really started their show. They could not hit, get a clutch hit. And then even though their pitching was keeping them in games, it would be a weird or weird to bad defensive play that cost them. Yeah. You know, whether it's not being able to turn the double play and then Nola gives up a home run um, or the, the sun getting in the eyes of, of Brandon Marsh in center field yeah. and the triple, right? I mean, just random things. But these are things that if, th- if those were not your – your flaws, those were not your weaknesses, don't crop up at the wrong time. Right. Which is how it is, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're in a situation here where the Phillies' weaknesses have kind of proven to be weaknesses. The defense, which had played better, you know, for a while with Rob Thompson, it just happened to be the the the, the point. It's not like Rob Thompson's manager, they just catch the ball better, but, like, it just felt like everything started to kind of improve. The bullpen, for a, for a prolonged stretch, like two-plus months, was a top-three bullpen in baseball, and in September – you know, the, the wheels sort of fell off. Uh, so it, it's it's sort of weird how the timing of all of this has kind of come together and it put the Phillies on the brink of, of a collapse. And it, I guess it could still happen. I probably shouldn't be so naive to think that it, it couldn't this week. But things have certainly stabilized a little bit. One other point uh, that I wanted to kind of draw back to with, with Hoskins and Nola, you're right. I mean, these are the guys that were there in 2018. It kind of feels like we were accept- expecting superstars and it does sort of feel like there's just been a little bit of meat left on the bone. I mean, we could talk about Aaron Nola being an elite pitcher or a really good number one, number two type for a lot of teams, but it does feel like that there have been some some instances where you're like, come on, man, like you you gotta you gotta deliver in this spot. You can't give up that that three run homer as you're cruising against the Cubs. Like you can't you can't have that that inning against Ronald Acuna against the break. Like you gotta be the dude. And I know that this is a little bit of unfair, but I think one of the things that this kind of draws into is that next year is the last year that the Phillies have control of both Reese Hoskins and Aaron Nola. And so they have decisions that they need to make, right? So like, I mean, Aaron Nola, he, he did the contract. He's going to make $16 million in 2023. And then what happens with Aaron Nola? Do you say this is a guy that we're going to reinvest in for the long term, Or do we say, if he's going to take $20 million a year, this isn't, this isn't the guy. And the same thing with Reese Hoskins. You know, he enters his final year of arbitration next season. And, A, do the Phillies even let that play out? Or do they try to move him this offseason? I don't really know what the market is for Reese Hoskins, but I think it's something that they might consider if clubhouse dynamics and DNA and breaking up the core becomes a consideration. You know, maybe they, they look to do it a year early. Do they reinvest in Reese Hoskins for the long term considering suspect defense the streakiness of a hitter or as a hitter, or do they say this is a, a guy that 
you know, homegrown. He's a good ball player. Let's see if we can find something that makes sense and they, they invest in him long-term. So I think the Phillies have some decisions to make about both players. And I just think that, that that is all part of it. You know, it's production. Yes. But this, this narrative and the storyline of can you produce in big time moments? I think it factors. And I think that both of these guys this week, I mean, we're talking Monday morning here that, that NL wildcard round, if they make it, it's going to be over this time next week. Right. Like a lot of these questions are going to get answered in the next seven days. Well, I think it starts with Nola tonight. I mean, in a lot of ways, I mean, Aaron Nola can go out there and face a really good lineup. And, and the Astros are, they've announced it. They're, I mean, at least for the first two games. I mean, the, the third game, they may not go full bore. But at least these first two games, they are going to put out their regular lineup. Okay? And they're going to they're try and win these games. Um, because they know they're going to have four or five days off before they play again. Um, and while Nola doesn't get Verlander, we kind of thought originally it was going to be Nola Verlander tonight. Houston's actually pushing Verlander to tomorrow so he doesn't have one more, even one more day rest before game one of the division series. Um, so, but he's still going to get a good, a good opposition in McCullers. McCullers has had a really nice year <laughs> for Houston. Um, so that lineup is, is, is not going to, you don't expect the Phillies to put up a lot against McCullers. So Nola's going to have to go into that with the mindset of, I, I got to keep it a low scoring game. I got, I can't get, I can't let it become four one. Right, and and that's a, that's a tough thing to do. It's 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 a lot to ask of a guy. It's a lot to ask of a guy to sit there and go night in and night out because you're facing good up good pitching and your lineup's not coming through for you. You have to limit the opposition to one or two. You can't give up well, three or what? four. Guess what? That's going to be the reality come this weekend. So right, might as well get a head start on it now. I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, so really, he has a chance to be you know have that moment where he pitches the game that finally gets the Phillies into the playoffs. And maybe that takes a little bit of a monkey off his back, right, in that regard. That if, if he's the guy, he goes out. I'm not saying he has to pitch a complete game, but let's say he let's say he throws seven innings and he only gives up, like, two. And the Phillies end up winning this game three to two. Bullpen locks it down, and they win the game. And he's there to say, that was the game we needed from Aaron Nola. He pitched the game that won us the – got us in the playoffs. And then you remember that, right? Well, it's interesting. So tonight, if you're a betting person and you look at the odds, you don't love the Phillies' odds on either end uh, of getting in tonight. Now, of the of the two matchups that can clinch this postseason spot for the Phillies, the, the Phillies actually winning the game outright is, is probably the best proposition. They are right now a plus 100 underdog at DraftKings, uh, which I actually think is encouraging, to be honest with you. So Houston is minus 120 favorite. Houston obviously does not have much to play for, but as you just noted, Lance McCullers, very good pitcher, and the Astros are just a phenomenal team. So I don't think that the Phillies, even with the motivational backing, would be favored in that game. So I would say that that line is about right. doesn't mm-hmm. really set off any alarms. You wonder if the Brewers are just spent. And I think that you and I have both noted on the show that Milwaukee's just not really not that good of a team. It's You know, the Phillies are objectively a better team than the Brewers. And, and you watch the Phillies on a nightly basis and you can pick apart all the flaws and say, oh my God, this Phillies team just doesn't deserve it. Go ahead and, and rewind the Brewers season and follow that day by day throughout the course of this year. And the product that they've put on the field on a consistent basis has been far more underwhelming than what the Phillies have been. And so I look at this and I say to myself, 
do the Brewers have enough, you know, gumption? Do they have the, the stomach after just getting beaten around by the Marlins this weekend to get off the mat and at least, you know, make it last one more day? And the pitching matchup certainly favors them tonight. And they are a minus 240 favorite tonight at home against the Arizona Diamondbacks. And I would expect Milwaukee to win tonight. So would I. where I think that the end of the road comes into view is, is tomorrow. And I don't know that the Phillies are going to beat Justin Verlander, but I do expect Zach Galen to shut down uh, just a horrible Milwaukee uh, lineup and a, a chippy Diamondbacks team for given that they've been out of contention for, for the vast majority of this season, the Diamondbacks are still like one of those bad teams that when you get them, you're like, they're going to give us a headache. Like they're, they're at least good for one. They're a lot like the Cubs. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's similar records, right? I mean, they're a lot like the Cubs, you know, if they, you know, they're, they're getting there, they're young and they're, they're getting closer and maybe uh, a year or two away. Um, but there's something, there's a lot to like. There are some players to like on the, on that team. And so I think so. Yeah. I think that it's, I think that, that that's the thing. I think, I think there's a better look. If there's only one way that the Phillies do not make the playoffs, and that would be they get swept and Milwaukee sweeps Arizona. So, I think. I think. I think. If you're asking me, is it more likely that the Phillies get swept or that Milwaukee sweeps Arizona? And I tell you, it's more likely that the Phillies get swept because I okay. think Arizona. I think Arizona definitely wins at least one. If not two of those games, let me let's work through all the different situations here, because what a dynamic this is. Uh, So, first of all, let's just begin with what do you think is going to happen? If you were a betting man, would you say that the Phillies wrap this thing up on Monday night one way or the other? It's going to happen now. I I think they're I honestly think that they're going to win tonight. I think that there's a I think that they are feeling it a little bit now. I think that they got it. They, they they could, you know, we've been talking about it for a while. Can this team taste it? And maybe they kind of could a little bit, but then there was still enough time for things to go sideways and they started to, but the fact that they didn't let it completely go sideways and they won a couple of games against Washington and Milwaukee gave away some games and the Phillies are now just that one win away. I think you see the Phillies. The Phillies have an, an ability to play with good teams. I mean, they've they've played yeah. well against good teams all year, except the with Mets. the exception with the exception of the Mets, right? I mean, so I I, I think that the Phillies are going to give you a, a really good game tonight, and I think they win it. Hey, and- listen, I will say I agree with you. Uh, you know how I feel. Like I'm not. I'm. I do it more to just tweak you at this point because I, I do think that Aaron Nola is a good pitcher. But yeah. I just anytime I have the opportunity to kind of take the you know take the screwdriver and twist it into your side a little bit, I'll, I'll do it. That's good. Um, you know, I, I think that Aaron Nola is a little bit flawed. I think that he has not owned these moments uh, traditionally, and I know that there's numbers in September that bear things out differently, and that's all fine and well. Like I need him to go out tonight and do it, and like I need him to do it to the point that whatever his team needs. And I'm sorry if. If it's scoreless in the seventh inning and he gives up one run, it's not good enough. Like, he's just got to do it tonight. That's all. Like, that's what I want to see. And I know that's totally unfair. And, and like, I think as a grounded baseball person that I, I think I get the game. I, I just need – like, I'm going to be a WIP caller tonight. Like, do it. If that means that you have to go six innings and you give up five runs, but the Phillies score six, okay. 
And if you need to go eight innings and give up zero runs because the Phillies only score one, then that's what you need to do tonight. Like, you've just got to be the guy that gives them enough to win the damn game, period. And, like, that's what I want to see tonight. And and I think that that's what the city wants to see tonight. So that's that kind of sets the stage for, for what is going to be a hopefully just one day of high anxiety. But I guess I want to ask you a few different things here. Before we get to, like, a potential postseason matchup, Let's work through all the different different possibilities. And you just talked about the idea that the Phillies could get swept and still make the postseason. I guess ultimately what they do once they're, if they get there, is what's going to dictate the way that people feel and, and how this goes. And they're not going to play a home game in the first round. So I don't know that we necessarily need to talk about the fans and what's the attendance and atmosphere going to be like. Because we won't know they're, they're not playing at citizens bank park next weekend if they get in. But I will say I envisioned the day, maybe back in 2015, 2016, 17, when this thing was at rock bottom, man, if the Phillies ever get back to the postseason, this city is going to just be so thirsty for it. It's going to be awesome. And the Eagles are four and and they're dominating headlines as you would expect. And I get it. I mean, hell I'm wearing an Eagle sweatshirt right now. And, be perfectly blunt I was at the Eagles game yesterday I I was there with my father I took my 77 year old father uh and and we were there and I had the Phillies alerts on my phone but to be to be blunt like I didn't really watch the Phillies live yesterday and I watched it after the fact but I you know I said well I'll, I'll catch it later um this city is not this city's not in on this team like Phillies Twitter is in on the Phillies like to the extent that like they they're miserable then they're happy and like you see the social media interaction but like let's be honest this this team is not owning this city the way that i think a lot of us thought they would in a return to the postseason scenario maybe this week will be different but to this point it has not been no and i I think i think what what we miscalculated in in this bob is that it, it needs to happen first and then the, the city will, will get more involved. But I, I also think that we we focus too much on attendance. And I've done it myself. Like I, Some of the stories I've written, I've pointed out how few people have been down at the stadium. And it's frustrating to see. But TV ratings are still fantastic for the Phillies. Like yeah. you mentioned, social media is, is pretty busy for the Phillies. Um, uh, you know, obviously when people are clamoring for our show, right? I mean, people care about the Phillies. Um, <laughs> and then if you listen, and then you listen to the talk radio, I mean, obviously they wanted to be more, they wanted to complain more than they wanted to celebrate, right? I mean, right. you know, but at the same time, it shows that they care. So, I mean, I think that it's, I think that what we believe is still there, but that they're not willing to publicly show it until it's until there's something to really believe in, if that makes any sense. It's it's funny. Like this team is definitely still in. Show me, prove it to me. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to publicly come out and wave the pom poms because I'm afraid you guys are just going to quickly stab me in the back. It, it definitely feels like a lot of that. And as you saw the Cubs series, especially play out, it was very like, see, you know, yeah. I told you, I knew this was going to happen. Same old Phillies. And it's almost like people are ready for it. Like they were ready to pounce on it. Yeah. But I mean, and- if you get, if you get to a home game 
you got to keep in mind, if you get to a home game, they will, have played, they will have played <clears throat> 10 straight road games to end the season, potentially three in the first round on the road, and then potentially two more. Okay? So you could have a 15 straight games away from the stadium before they come back. And I would say that they have to at least be even in that second series to get people to really show up. Because if you're down 2-0, and that is your the chance of like it being your lone playoff game at home, right? I'm not sold, certain it sells out. I agree. It's, it's interesting because I was just going to ask you, if the Phillies were to get swept this week, but yet get into the postseason, what do you think the mentality of the – the fan base would be. And I don't think that we'll really ever know. And the reason we won't know is because if they do get swept and they get into the postseason, it's just going to be a matter of looking at social media. You know, do people go out to the bars this weekend to watch games? We won't really have like that attendance number to point to, which as you pointed out, there's no doubt people are going to watch the Phillies this weekend one way or the other, but we won't have that attendance figure to really say like the vibe wasn't there. The numbers weren't there. And if they do get swept and get into the postseason, but they somehow beat the Cardinals in that first series, then the fact that they got swept to end the regular season will be irrelevant. People will be over it. Yeah. It's interesting, Bob. I'm working on a post we're going to put up uh, later today. <clears throat> but I'll give a little tease to it. Is it going back and look at some um, Philadelphia sports teams who in the past have barely made it into the playoffs. Like just got in, you know, under the wire, maybe not had a great year, but, you know, still got in. And and what the fan feeling was for those teams. And I found, for the most part, that fans were supportive, right. even of the mediocre teams that got in because, I don't know, maybe it was pre-social media era, like where you didn't really have a platform to, to bitch and complain all the time, right. um, that you just – you wanted your team to win, you know, and, and, and that when you were behind them at all times, it was, it was a blind loyalty. Um, the closest I can come to with this Phillies team. And I mentioned this to you right before we went, we went on the show is the 2010 flyers. And I don't just say that because I cover the flyers, but I mean, it, that team had a lot of talent. We're top of the salary structure in, in, in hockey had just brought in a big leader in Chris Pronger. Um, where, you know, Peter Laviolette was brought in as the coach. He had won a Stanley Cup. There were all expectations for that team. And he, there they were down the stretch, floundering, looking like they were going to miss the playoffs as around a 500 team. And everybody was like, don't even bother getting in. Just right. don't even bother. You've been playing like shit. Forget it. They got in on the last day of the season by winning a shootout. Okay, and even then, people didn't think they were going to win anything. They got lucky to get a bad Devils team in the first round. Not a bad, but a team that was not playing well in the Devils. And they win that series, but then go down 3 nothing to Boston. And you figure, this is kind of like what we're just talking about here. It's kind of like, it's imagine if Phillies win this first round, but then they're down 2 nothing against Atlanta in the second round when they come home. Right. And it's kind of like, eh. We don't really believe in this team. And then all of a sudden they went on a magical run for three weeks and got to the Stanley cup final and they losing game six in overtime. But that's the only time people really bought into those, that flyers team was those couple of weeks prior to that. 
they didn't think it. They thought that team was not even deserving of a playoff spot. Right. But if you get on a run, yeah, that's it. They don't Absolutely. care. It doesn't matter. The, the past does not matter. So I guess that then brings us to uh, – I feel bad doing this because I think that there's Phillies fans that are going to listen to this and be like, come on, guys. Like, they're not there yet. They didn't do this yet. So please don't talk about the, the playoff matchup with – I guess the I guess the St. Louis Cardinals. Yes. Like, not not so fast, you know. I mean, that's still got to play out. The Mets this weekend get swept by the Braves, and I will give you a ton of credit for this. I actually, I'll tell you what. You ever want to know? Probably right around Memorial Day, some baseball futures to lock in. Anthony, if you listen to this show, gave you two at just extraordinary value. You go back a few months, and Anthony gave us two takes, two of them, both which proved to be true, or at least in one case, definitely true. The other one appears to be. You said very long time ago that the St. Louis Cardinals were far superior to the Milwaukee Brewers, and you said the Brewers couldn't hit, and that the pitching's a little bit overrated, and that there's just something about the team you don't like. And lo and behold, here we are. Cardinals run away with the NL Central. And you had said that they were kind of playing with some magic, you know, like that, that voodoo devil magic, magic. Yep. That, that devil magic that the Cardinals play with, with Pujols and, and Molina and the, all these guys now. And, and that's what happened. You also said as the Mets were running away with the NL East, both, both uh, past the Braves and the Phillies that, and you did say, oh, maybe the Phillies could get back into it. And I was like, I don't know about that, but you said that the Braves were better than the Mets and that the Braves would win the NL East. And, they are now on the brink of doing so, which is just a kind of an underrated collapse for the Mets. You know, to be honest with you, you have all of that money invested. The start that they got off to, it looked like it was going to be a 110-win team. And to have a double-digit lead at any point, I don't care how early it is, at any point to have a double-digit lead and be a pretty good team, you know, not a fluke team, to blow that lead is kind of a disgrace. Now, they have the ability, they'll be at home, they have the ability to get to the NLDS and kind of set the record straight. The starting pitching's still very good, although leaking a little bit of oil here down the stretch. But I got to say, like, especially with your three dudes on the mound this weekend, DeGrom, Scherzer, and, and Bassett, you know, has been pretty good for them to, to get swept away by that Braves team. It says something. But it really sets up an interesting wild card round because we don't even know if the Phillies get in for sure where they're going to be. I mean, there is an outside possibility here that the Phillies could come even with the Padres tonight or this week. They're only a game behind them. Yeah. I mean, and they, and they and only they have, have to tie. If they finish tie, they finish ahead of them. So one game back. And then all of a sudden you could be in New York this weekend playing the Mets. I mean, there's still an outside shot that you could be playing the Braves. I still think the most likely scenario is that they play the Cardinals which is where I want to focus our energies on. Like, well, let's just play out the two hypotheticals, but I think we should probably focus on the likelihood of a St. Louis matchup. I don't respect the Cardinals, and I should, because they have winners. They have that that vibe that, like, you know, that with the retirements looming and the last dance thing looming. And you look at their run differential, and you see plus 137. You're like, this is a damn good team, man. Mm-hmm. Why don't I feel like that the Phillies watching the Phillies play the last month too? Why do I feel like the Phillies? I don't want to even just say can beat the Cardinals, but like I kind of expect them to beat the Cardinals. That feels silly. It feels dangerous. It feels like a freezing cold take because 
being from here, we just know how it goes. But that's how I feel. Why do I feel that way? Because if you really look at it, the Phillies are the better team. They may not have played like the better team, but they are the better team. They have a deeper lineup. The Cardinals have two of the best hitters in the game this year. Yeah, Goldschmidt, Arenado have been phenomenal, right? No doubt about it, right? The pool story has been cute this year, the end of the year. Molina coming back, that's great. Wainwright still throwing it out there at age 41 or however old he is. But beyond, beyond that, Cardinals don't have what the Phillies have. Cardinals don't have the starting rotation that the Phillies have. And bullpens are about even. I, I maybe I might give the Cardinals a slight edge right now because the, because the I Phillies will. the Phillies are struggling. I would give the Cardinals the edge there. But I mean, other than that, the Phillies should be the better. I'm not significantly better. But I think the Phillies are the better team. So why do you feel like they're going to go in there and win? Because I think that you 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 put Wheeler and, and Nola out against those. And, and traditionally, those guys against this lineup pitch really well. Yeah. Pitch really well. So, like, you're getting those. And then Ranger Suarez, if it has to go to a third game, has pitched really well lately. So, I mean, it's like – that's why you're. That's I, why you're confident in it. That's why you I feel that. I have a, a feeling. I have a feeling that this is what's going to happen. It's going to be game three, and I'm going to assume that that's Ranger Suarez at this point. And I think that it's going to be a very offensive game early. And the overlooked and disrespected, disrespected by you earlier in this show, no less. Zach Eflin, who was a part of the 2018 Phillies when you said he wasn't part of this core. They had four guys. That's right. I forgot about Eflin. Four Phillies. The overlooked and disrespected Zach Eflin. I'm just messing with you. But I think Zach Eflin is going to come in and throw multiple key innings for the Phillies in a decisive game to push them into the second round of the postseason. I see it. I don't know why I see it, but it's something I've been thinking about now for the last week or so. And I think that that's where this is going to go. Um, you know, it's really interesting. I just think that this is a team that that probably finds a way to win a playoff series if it gets into it. In fact, you know what's kind of crazy? And I know that I'm probably not alone in thinking this. I feel more confident in the Phillies winning a postseason series than I do them making the postseason, even with the odds so heavily stacked in their favor. There's this part of me that's like, I could see this happening. And I want to go there now. If they don't make the playoffs, what can they do? Because it's going to be a disaster, right? Like, I think you and I would both agree that the Phillies have a little bit of a public perception problem, even right now, on the brink of the postseason. Like, this team has not captured the imagination of the fan base. I think that everybody understands this is not an elite team. I think it hurts them that the Mets and the Braves are both so far ahead. It's the third wild card. or, Or, you know, right now it's the third wild card. Again, they could be the second wild card. I just feel like there's a lot of things working against this team from a from a PR standpoint. And not like that there's any controversies or bad guys on the team anymore anyway. So I don't know what it is, but I feel like if they were to get swept here, the Brewers get in, this is like the collapse of all collapses. Because what's different this year is that the Phillies are pretty good. Flawed, yes. Annoying, absolutely. A tendency to make things harder than they need to, definitely. 
But I think the Phillies are a pretty good team. I don't know that I could say that about these teams in the past. If they collapse this year under these circumstances now, that is just – that's an all-timer. I mean, I know it's not the 64 Phillies, but, like, it's in the same ballpark. Mm-hmm. So, if that were to happen – and I don't want to be overly negative here – but if that were to happen, what what happens? Because to me, like, in the moment, I will tell you, like, dude. And, and you got to see who, how that happens if it were to happen. But, like, there's got to be a major, major shakeup. Like, I don't – and I think it might actually have to include the manager at that point. Because, like, I don't know how you bring him back. And I think he's done a great job. And I would, I would uh, truly, even objectively speaking, I would feel sorry for Rob Thompson – as a human being, if that were to happen to him now, because I think he does deserve quite a bit of credit for where this team's at right now. As we talk Monday morning, I do disagree with some of the things that he's done down the stretch over the past few weeks. That aside, I think he's done a great job. I don't know that he's back next year. If they miss the playoffs, I think that they have to do major, major overhauls. If they miss the postseason, frankly, if they get bounced in two games next weekend, I don't know. Maybe Thompson stays, but there's got to be something that happens with this roster. What if I say this? I think that what's going to happen in this offseason is going to happen regardless of the outcome of the Phillies' rest of the season. And is that is that a shortstop? I think they're going to get a shortstop. I think that they're going to trade Reese Hoskins. Um. I think that they might even try and, you know, f- fix the fix the bullpen yet again. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they if they try to move another pitcher. I, I, like I think Painter's going to be in this rotation next year. Maybe not. Maybe not day one because you got to figure eligibility stuff, whatever. But it won't take long. I think it'll be you know late April, early May. I think he's going to be in the rotation. What are we looking at here? Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, Ranger Suarez, Bailey Falter, Andrew Painter sometime next May? Yeah. Yeah. Won't be Kyle Gibson. <laughs> I no, know that. certainly won't be, certainly won't be him. And I don't know, as much as I like Zach Eflin and just gave him a ton of yeah. credit a second ago, <laughs> lifting the Phillies to a decisive playoff victory, I, I don't know how – like, I think you either have to have a doctor's clearance or something. You can't come in and be like, or, yeah, Zach Eflin's in our rotation. Or if Zach Eflin is willing, and this is – see, this is where it could come down to the player more than the team. If Eflin is willing to embrace this new role. Yeah. Kind of this Andrew Miller role right. where you pitch multiple high-leverage relief innings, maybe I think you could you could – Bring him back in that regard. I don't think that Zach Eflin, under a fully healthy set of knees, would go for that, nor should he. Right. I do wonder – I mean, he he knows. I mean, he's got to know, right? Like, it's just injury after injury. Maybe I can't do it this way. Maybe this is the perfect time to transition and give my career some more longevity. You lose money not being a mid-rotation starter – but you also lose money not having a career. Correct. And you start to wonder, like, can he can he hold up? So if I'm the Phillies, I don't I don't think I can make that bet to be like Zach's our number four next. Well, year. well let me say let me say this. Let's say he decides he wants to be a starter. Is anybody giving him anything more than a year? No. No. I, I think he's like a, a one year 
13 type guy, right? Yeah, I think he's right. that. I think he's probably earned that, I guess. Yeah. So, you know, I, I guess they have a decision. They have a decision to make there. But, yeah, I don't want to get too far into, like, what are the 2023 Phillies going to look like? But I, I kind of agree with you to the extent that, barring a deep postseason run, like, if Reese Hoskins powers the Phillies to True, game right. seven of the NLCS, then, like, I think that changes things. And I agree with you. I was on uh, WIP with uh, – Julio on Friday night. And that's what I said. He goes, you know, do you think it's a situation where making the postseason could be detrimental to the Phillies? And I think it's a great question. I mean, I've, I've seen that with the Eagles in the past where I've been like, I don't know that I want them to make the playoffs because I don't know that I want this front office to trick themselves into thinking everything's all right. You could say that that happened to the 2019 Eagles when they made the playoffs late and then they run back in 20 and they're a disaster. Like had they missed, in 19 would it have been better for the organization this is why though i mean and, and i'm gonna far be it for me to be critical of howie roseman and his four no eagles at this point you know who are headed to the to another super bowl this year um hater, hater. but you excited to watch jimmy g tonight again anthony oh god i can't if I have to watch jimmy g in prime time I ever can't, again I, I, I don't man. like jimmy garoppolo a little bit but um niners fan yeah but i don't like jimmy garoppolo um Point is, is that the, I think there's a difference between a Dombrowski and a Roseman. I think Roseman's the kind of guy who is willing to make a lot of mistakes because then he knows how to fix his mistakes later, which is what he did this year, right? I mean, he had three years of mistakes. He, he gets a little too high on himself, made several years of mistakes with the draft and stuff, and then said, okay, now I got to go fix it. And did a really nice job. Yes. fixing it going into this year so that's yeah. that's how Howie operates you know how he how he goes he's 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 ballsy he goes all in and he may lose but people forget that he's got a rebuy in his pocket somewhere right that's kind of that's the poker reference for it whereas Dombrowski's more of a slow player Dombrowski's more like okay I'll get this team to where it needs to get to if you look at his history I mean he's he's a builder he builds that championship team yes he may trade away some young talent to get it if he need, if he feels he needs to. But he does also have the history of starting young kids at age 19, 20 years old. Um, and, I, and I think that he's that kind of guy. So, yes, obviously, if Reese Hoskins is, you know, a playoff MVP for you and gets you within a game of the World Series, yeah, you're probably not trading him this right. offseason. Right. But if we're being realistic and you're looking at the team and saying – how can we be better next year? It's going to be moving on from guys like Hoskins and Segura, bringing in a shortstop who can field, put Stott over at second, and let the young kids come up and pitch. And let's see what there happens. There was a time earlier this season where you're like, you know, I don't think Gene Segura is going to be in their 2023 plans, but damn, he's making it, he's making it hard on them. You know, he's a guy that sort of came here with some – some clubhouse concerns, you know, why is he bounced around so much? He's a good player. Why isn't he valued properly? And by all accounts, he's, he's eliminated those concerns. I mean, he's, he's a really well respected, yeah, well-liked player. Clubhouse. Yeah. I can tell you that I know that, but he's not played particularly well in, you know, over the last few weeks, he's been okay, but yeah. it's not like he's hitting 140. but he, he's not Gene Segura from, the middle of the season where, you know, right. like, this guy's really, or I even want to say middle of the season before he got hurt. Um, I don't think he's here next year. I don't think there's any scenario where he's here next year. I think Bryson Stotts your second baseman and, 
you know, Trey Turner or insert your name is, is probably playing shortstop. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I agree. Uh, I, I, I just get the feeling like Reese Hoskins is, is, is not here. I, I just don't think he's here. So, I guess you- the question becomes if Hoskins, if, if that is what you do, you do move on from Hoskins. Do you turn Alec Bohm into a first baseman and then I, put somebody else in third? Don't know. Here's one. Here's one for you. Is Bryce Harper, does Bryce Harper play right field? I don't next know. He's in early. Is he I, ready to go? I just, uh, let me put it to you this way. If Bryce Harper can play right field by the second week of April next year. Are you surprised if Nick Cassianos is not in Philadelphia? Because I would not be surprised at all. No, I would not be surprised either. Um, unless you want to turn, again, unless you want to turn. Don't you just feel like there's something off about this relationship with him? A little bit. A little bit. Like, not like it's a disaster. And I don't mean just production. I'm just talking like there's something about the feel. Like, you know, they wanted him to take that rehab assignment. He declined, which yeah. is his right. And it's not a huge deal. And to his credit, he was productive, fairly productive when he came back. But, like, there's just something a little off. And, like, I wouldn't be surprised, I guess. I'm not saying that it's happening, but I just wouldn't be surprised. Like, I think that this is an offseason where the Phillies might have, like, one, whoa, you know, type move up their sleeve. Where they where they move a guy that that you thought might be here, you know, as a core piece. So it's it's interesting, and I do think that the the results both in this this final series against the Astros and this playoff series against whoever it is um, is going to determine that. I, I do want to ask you real quick about this this postseason thing. Um, I, I think you're kind of with me, right? Like you have the Phillies beating the Cardinals in a postseason series. Is that is that true? I do, and I I, I will say this: I have the Phillies. If it happens to play out, and I can see a way that it does, if it happens to play out that they get the Mets in the first round. I have the Phillies beating the Mets in the first round. I know you do, and I don't, and I just need to see it, I think. I think it's because we had this conversation earlier this season where, like, I just I, – I see myself watching this team play in City Field. I just can't visualize two out of three at City Field right now. You know, I just – I can't. And I guess it's because of DeGrom, Scherzer, the way that they've – I might actually be more afraid of Bassett who isn't very good than I am of DeGrom and Scherzer right now because they just can't hit this guy. So I have a hard time getting my my brain to visualize it. Um, and I think I said that before the, the final time that the Mets and Phillies played and, you know, you saw what happened. So I, I guess I just need to see that to believe it. But I, I do think that they, they beat St. Louis uh, in a potential series. But this is this is quite, quite a week here. Um, a lot on the line for this organization – a lot on the line for these players from an individual standpoint, how they're perceived in this city, legacy. And, you know, I don't know what else you want to hit on. I think we've done a pretty good job. Yeah. There's a, well, I mean, there's, I, you know, I, you know I, mean, I always have a one last thing. But before we get to that, like the one thing I wanted to kind of look at as a possibility, just, and this, this could kind of go into what we were talking about earlier, right? With the Eagles being 4 0 right now. There is a legitimate chance that game three of the uh, wild card round, for lack of a better – I don't know, is that what they're calling it, the wild card round? Um, even though there's a division winner playing in, in there. Um, <laughs> the, the game three of the wild card round could match up at the same time 
as Eagles Cardinals next Sunday. What draws better <laughs> TV ratings in Philadelphia? Oh, I don't know. That's a, that's going to be the one where everyone's tweeting out their pictures of their dual screen setup. They're going to have like the one TV, their normal TV, and then they're going to drag another one in. Like that's now, I could I could argue that being the big market that we are, that maybe I, I guess it's ESPN is going to do the Cardinals, the NLCS, the NL Wild Cards. That ESPN would be wise enough to try and make them opposite okay you know and look if it's Phillies Mets that's probably the night game if it's because if it's, Phillies, if it's Mets. Oh, so I think it's I think it's the Mets right like the right Mets well, that's, the that's Mets. what I'm saying so, so but I'm saying because they could both be the same day yeah Sunday night okay and if it's if it's Phillies Mets your Phillies Mets is going to be at night so you don't have to worry about it but right. the question is if it's Phillies Cardinals and Padres Mets are you putting Phillies Cardinals up against Eagles Cardinals or would you put Padres Mets and go Philly? Because Philadelphia are they going to stagger it? Are they going to? Are the times announced? Do we have the not times? Not yet, but I would like, assume. I would assume if you're looking St. Louis and and New York, you're not going real late Sunday night. Right. Eight o'clock probably is your start time. Right. Right at the latest. So for the same. So if that's the case, are you are you willing to go Phillies Cardinals, and not put the Mets on Sunday night baseball? Well, I think it's also going to depend too, right? Of the four series, how many get to the third game? Because I'm just saying. Four, if... So all four series are Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Am I right about that? Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. They are. I thought I thought the American League was a day off, but it's not. Okay, so all four. Yeah, so it's really going to depend. Like you would think. Yeah, but you're not. Based Cleveland. on math, you would think that you're either you're probably going to have Cleveland, Ta- Cleveland, Tampa. Like Seattle, Seattle, Toronto. I mean, those aren't night games. They'll play those games. They'll play those games at nine in the morning if they have to. You know, <laughs> I mean, not Seattle, but maybe the Tampa. No, but the game th- Seattle's got to be on the road. Right. Oh, true. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be in Toronto and Cleveland. Yeah. Well, I yeah. so I think that the 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 NL series are the two more compelling draws for, sure. for television. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, it'll it'll be very very interesting. I hope they don't do that. That would that would be unfortunate, but. Um, I guess it, it could it could happen. It, it certainly could happen, or at least at, at the very least, uh, some type of bleed over where there's like a you know the Eagles are coming to a conclusion, and then the Phillies are starting in the fourth quarter. Like I could definitely see that. Could be an interesting day. A good problem to have after 11 years, also for for, for sure. For sure. All right. One last thing, Bob. Since we're probably not, <clears throat> I shouldn't say we. I don't want to say probably not because maybe we would find time before Friday. If the Phillies oh, if, win, if the Phillies listen, if the Phillies, if the Phillies are in the postseason, we'll we will absolutely do a show. Okay. If if the Phillies aren't in the postseason, we will do a show because I promise you, you do not want to listen to another Phillies podcast. I have all the respect in the world for for high hopes. Uh, it's really the only other one I I li- it's the only Phillies podcast that I listen to uh, that that is not our own, you know, and I listen to it because I'm here for it. Um, you, you do not want to miss that episode if the Phillies are not in the postseason at the end of this week. <laughs> All right. Well, then, I mean, maybe I'll save it then. Because I was going to ask you if right now, if I had to say to you, Bob, who's the, who are the two teams in the World Series? Who would you say? Okay. Um, I will not be foolish enough to bet against the Atlanta Braves again. I just can't do it. They're too good. They're too good. <laughs> they're, I know it's like you, you kind of like want to sell them short, like you do. You're just like, eh, I don't know. Like, 
they're just good, man. Mm-hmm. And they just the other night, how about like Acuna? If you watch the games, like he had the check swing, base hit out in the right, and then Swanson home run, and you're just like, this team, man, like this is unbelievable. Um, so the Braves for me, which you're nodding your head in agreement, so I believe you're with me on that. And yep. then in the AL, I, I guess this is the one that could be a little bit goofy. I am inclined. I'll tell you what. Let's get crazy. I'm going to go Seattle Mariners. I, I love the Mariners, man. I love the way that they play. I don't think they get there. I'd love to see it happen. Full disclosure, I was ready to be like, the Yankees just, you know, figure it out. Aaron Judge powers himself to another $100 million on his new contract. But I don't know. I, the Yankees have been very average for, for a while now. <clears throat> I mean, I think I think Houston's the best team overall in the American League. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's close. Um, I think they're the best team, <clears throat> but I do think it's, I, I do think something crazy is going to happen in the AL. I really do. And if I had to make a prediction at this juncture as to who would go into the playoffs out of the American league, here's the surprise for you. Cleveland Indians. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was talking to somebody earlier this week and uh, we were talking about the playoffs and uh-huh. like potential matchups. And I had said, you know, Hey, the guardians are, are going to Cleveland guardians. I know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I wasn't correct. Like I, was, yeah, yeah. I screwed that up. Yes. So I, uh, I said, you know, the guardians and, and, I, and they were like, what? Like no. they're in the playoffs. I said, yeah, you know, like they got it. Like they, they just kind of quietly, you know, the White Sox were supposed to be the team and it just didn't materialize. The Twins were supposed to be good, didn't materialize. And yeah, Guardians. It's amazing. Like I, like I, I think it's one of those teams where they're playing really good baseball right now. They ended up pulling away in the in the, in the AL Central. <clears throat> they're going to have a home series. They're probably going to draw Tampa in that first round, who's not a pushover. But you know me and what I think about Tampa come playoff time. I think that their I think that their process is built to win in the regular season, but not to win in the in the postseason. And then you get the Yankees, and I don't buy the Yankees a little bit. So at the very least, I think Cleveland it comes out of that part of the bracket to get to the ALCS. Then it depends. On, then to me, it depends on their opponent. Then it depends on their opponent. Could they beat Houston? I think they can, but I don't think Houston's going to be there. I think it's going to be like Cleveland, Toronto, or Cleveland, Seattle. In the ALCS, and I'll I'll take Francona and his team at that at that juncture to go to the World right. Series. I don't think maybe beats the Braves. I think Braves win the whole thing. I but I just think it's it's lining up weirdly in the American League, and and I think that this I think that this playoff system when we when we go back and look at it when the Major League Baseball goes back and looks at it, it heavily favors teams playing in the wild card. Yes, you have to win a three-game series, which is not an easy thing to do. But you get past that first round, you've been playing, and you've been playing games that matter while a team's been sitting for five days cold and has to ramp it up. And then it's another short series. Like, if that was a seven-game series in the second round, okay, maybe. Then the favor still favors the, the top team. It does not favor those teams sitting around. It just doesn't. Those those four teams who are on by and have to play a team that just won a, that just won a playoff series, 
it just doesn't favor them, man. Major League Baseball screwed this up, and a, a wild card team is going to make the World Series, and I think it's coming out of the American League. Yeah, well, so I think we're thinking the same thing, just picking different teams. Yeah, but yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. I, I don't think you're going to get chalk here. So, and I think the American League is certainly the, the more likely to have a little bit of chaos in it. So, should be interesting. Um, excited for tonight. Excited to see how this thing plays out. Um, you know, one thing I'll say, and we've been doing this show for a number of years. I don't know how many episodes we've done. I guess we could probably easily dig that up, but. You know, one of the things I, I will kind of just conclude with is that it's been a rough go for Phillies fans. There was a time when I graduated college was uh, 2008. I, I was 22, just out of out of college, and I had just gotten my first job as a teacher. And uh, I was like, using my first paychecks living at home to basically just buy Phillies playoff tickets. I was at all but the Victorino Grand Slam against Sabathia. Every other home game I was at that postseason. And thank God I was, because – you know, I thought for a while that, like, we were the Red Sox. We were the Yankees. Like, and when I say we, I mean, like, I was a Phillies fan. And it just has not worked out that way at all. I just always thought that they were they would outspend the, the Comcast money and the TV contract. Like, it would just always be a competitor. And it's been a very long and hard 11 years. And, you know, I don't think that people are going to be necessarily dancing in the streets, banging pots and pans tonight or anything like that. I know this is a little bit anticlimactic. But... I do hope for fans' sake that they they get a night to just kind of say, like, damn, all right, we're back in the playoffs. And I hope that this weekend, if they are in the postseason, that this team finds a way to give the fans a moment. You know, like, I remember in 09 out in Colorado, the, the Get Me to the Plate boys, and, you know, just jumping around my house like an absolute maniac and feeling that way. It's been a decade. It's been almost a generation since Phillies fans have really had – the ability to feel anything remotely close to that. I mean, they haven't even sniffed that type of moment. And I hope that they get that moment this week. They're going to get it tonight. And I, and my prediction is, is that the two guys who have been the, 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 the whipping boys for so long provide the, the win. Wow. What a story. So there's your same game parlay. Everyone. Same game parlay. It's, it's, it's <laughs> going to be uh it's going to be a Hoskins homer and a Nola victory. Okay. Nola is your winning pitcher of record. Reese Hoskins to homer and a Phillies win. What, what is that? Is, I think that's available right now it somewhere. Is. Absolutely. Yeah. You can, you can make that bet. I'm just curious yeah. as what it would pay. Uh, if you could stall. In yeah. Time, well, I'll, I'll stall for a second. You can sure. talk to the fans for 40 seconds. I can't <laughs> tell you exactly. No, what I'm just curious with that. that. No, and, and the reason, and the reason I say that is, is that, you know, if you're looking for a ballpark where Reese Hoskins has a good chance of hitting a home run, it's got to be down there in Houston with those Crawford boxes, right? It's a nice short porch in left field where he tends to put up most of his home runs. I think 21 of his 30 home runs have been the left field this year. Um, so that would be an easier uh, home run. And then you just need Nola to pitch a great game and, yeah. and and get the win. So that's why I'm saying if you, if you can combine those, those three outcomes, I think a right-handed power hitter – has a chance to hit a home run tonight. <clears throat> and Hoskins is the one that makes the most sense in the Phillies lineup. And I think those three things could could play out and uh, get a nice little payout for you. All right, so you've, you've bought me enough time here. You're, you're looking at about plus 3,200. Get out. That, that much? Yeah. yeah. Wow. 
that's pretty good. Plus 3,300 is what I'm looking at right here. So 3,300 to have all three together, huh? Yeah, that's a uh, that's a Phillies win, a Reese Hoskins home run. I mean, hell, even if you just did a uh, just to give you some perspective here, if you just did a Phillies uh, win and a Reese Hoskins home run, that would be plus 700, and then you add in. Uh, the Aaron Nola component, and that's where it really boosts up. So, so Nola has to get the win, right? Yeah, he's got to be the winning pitcher. Winning pitcher. What if it was? What if it wasn't that? Let me give you one one other alternative, Bob. So okay. you have it open on your on your phone. Instead of him being the winning pitcher, because who knows? Maybe that home run comes late. What if it's like Nola eight plus strikeouts? Oh, I can give you that, Aaron Nola, uh, eight plus strikeouts. That is, uh, let's see, is actually much longer or less likely i guess on that um so yeah looking at plus nine nineteen hundred the way i have this in here okay did i do this right yeah plus nineteen hundred so that's still that might be even better that might be even better bet yeah i mean you might not you're not getting plus 33 but if the phillies win it late as opposed to winning it early oh boy all right. Well, uh, that will uh, do it for uh, the latest episode of Crossed Up. Uh, we will be back. I, I assure you uh, we will be back uh, later this week to talk about either a, uh, a Phillies postseason series against, uh, you know, the Mets or the or the Cardinals, or we will be back to burn it all down. <laughs> for uh, Anthony Sanfilippo, I am Bob Wankel, and we will talk to you soon.